Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, dude. I'm good. Uh, the weather is getting colder. It's snowing in my house right now. Oh, that's right. All that snow went up to you. Yeah. Dang. How was I that? I mean, it's it's not going to stick. Sure. It's just going to like make our our porch look pretty for a minute and then uh but it's not going to get anywhere like in terms of grass did you have any funsies uh, a little bit uh we, we went outside for just a minute i mean it's it's really not enough to even make a snowball it's just like a dusting right now so <laughs> well, eh, you know well um this is episode 280 of the Hoopercast movie hour everybody it is. uh so welcome to the show uh we are everywhere we'll tell you some places later some specifics but uh, you can find us wherever you're watching or listening right now you can watch and listen other places as well maybe better places um we are on youtube spotify itunes uh stitcher and of course on patreon so look for us in those places um not a lot of um film news has cropped up uh for uh this past week um the only thing i didn't pack the link uh in my digital (laughs) suitcase. Um, But uh, so we talked last week or the week before about Mads Mikkelsen being Mm -hmm. like credibly rumored to replace Johnny Depp and fantastic beasts three as Grindelwald. And I believe it's been officially confirmed that that is the, the the casting Mm -hmm. Um, that has been confirmed. So that's just really just a follow up. We, we have literally no, (laughs) additional thoughts on that other than right cool um i think we stated our case last time that 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 would be awesome um and that would well in my case it would move the needle a little bit i think dustin said you went from a zero percent interest in the film to like a like a (laughs) 1.1 percent interest yeah yep it did not spike very very much well oh well uh we'll we'll (laughs) we'll see yeah um, okay, so the, again, not a lot of film news to talk about, so I figure we'll just go ahead and, and take this first half of the show and just talk about um, a couple of things, namely uh, my own viewing of season four of The Crown. Two women running the show. That's the last thing this country needs. Perhaps that's precisely what this country needs. My goal is to change this country from being dependent to self-reliant, and I think in that I am succeeding. Joblessness, recession, crises. It's a dangerous game to make enemies left, right, and center. Not if one is comfortable with having enemies. Are you? Oh, yes. So The Crown, I've spoken about this on the show before. The Crown is a Netflix series. Um, it uh, was, is, uh, was, well, was developed, created by Peter Morgan. Um, and the interesting thing about The Crown is that it has multiple casts. So, you know, it may like, you know, be, it, it began with like Claire Foy and uh, Matt Smith and... Uh, like John Lithgow and uh, some p- other people. And then it, um, you know, it, it uh, in the third season, they turned over the cast essentially mm-hmm. because they had a big time jump. They jump ahead like 15 years and they were mm-hmm. just like, we're not going to have these people playing this family, you know, yeah. older and older and older. That's just kind of not with just, it's just a creative choice they made. Sure. Uh, yeah. So created and principally written by Peter Morgan, um, but the studio, if you want to know, is Sony Picture Television. Um, and is this, yeah, sorry, this is developed from his own drama film, The Queen, which is that 2006 film um, starring uh, Helen Mirren, I believe it was. Yeah, Helen Mirren. Um, and was that developed from a book? I just want to be accurate. I don't know if it was. Hmm. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know. It just says written by Peter Morgan. Did he just straight up write that? Well, anyways, um, it's it's a great show. Um, so I've talked about it on, on our show before. Um, like I said, this is season four. Um, and we do know the... It's one of those shows... You'll like this, Dustin. They know when they're going to end it. Uh, they're doing six seasons, and then that's going to be it. Uh, so we've just had the fourth one released a few weeks ago. We finished watching it over... Uh, Thanksgiving weekend 
Um, and I would give this season four stars. Um, mm. I think The Crown has been a consistently well-made show um, and well-acted, um, mm. well-written, and uh, just just well well constructed uh, show. Um, I, I I checked out like you know mm-hmm. public reaction to the show uh, this time around, and there was people like because like we're on Twitter now, so like you know Connor underscore Disney. Um, but <laughs> if uh, I was on Twitter, I was, and I was just like, what's going on? Because it was trending or something. I was like, oh, is it trending because people are liking it? And there was like mm. people who were just like, I can't believe people think we care this much about the royal family to, you know, trying to make them look sympathetic. I was like, whatever. It's just a show. Yeah. Relax. Yeah. I, th- yep. I think what I think I think I made some veiled uh veiled jab at people that you'll still have well, I, it's this is anatomically accurate. I think I said something like, "You'll still have a penis after the show is over." Like, you don't have to rail against this show just to show how manly you are. Like, we don't care about right. the royals. I don't either, man. I like good characters, though, and and mm-hmm. and and that's something to address with this show. This show is also being, um, uh, I think it was the brother of Princess Diana, mm-hmm. who is principally raising the charge that the show is not factually accurate. Um, mm. this, this is fictional to a large extent, he says, and that is something that people ought to know. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, here, here, here's the thing the, 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 the series covers a lot of, uh, a long span of time from, from the death of, of King George and, and Elizabeth's, um, ascension to the throne through a lot of periods in time, um, the Kennedy assassination. Um, uh, and of course now we're into, um, when Charles, uh, marries Diana Spencer and apartheid and the, uh, and, and the, the prime minister term of Margaret Thatcher is, was introduced in this, uh, series. And then they're going all the way through like the early two thousands and then in the final two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I, you know, I think what everyone needs to remember if they watch the show is these are characters. I mean, like they're 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 real people. Like these people exist. But mm-hmm. always, when you watch something that's not a documentary, and even sometimes when you're watching a documentary, yeah. you're being told a story, and you're being told a story through a specific lens for, from people who have a point of view and something to say. And um, you know, it, you you just gotta you just gotta remember that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even with the social dilemma, Dustin, I mean, like as, as factual as the things in that m- documentary are, I wouldn't say that's a straight up like, here's the entire truth. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I, I still I maintain that The Crown is consistently uh, well made. So if anyone has not gotten onto it and was on the fence, I can tell you four seasons in, it's it's been worth it. Um, mm-hmm. They are turning the cast over. This was the final season for Olivia Coleman and Helena Bonham Carter, Tobias Menzies. Um, um, uh, 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 but I can't remember anyone off, off the top of my head. Um, the The casting has been announced for the other the the final two seasons. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I, I I think that I'm, I'm talking more about the atmosphere around the show than than the season itself. I don't know what to tell you. I, I've talked about the content of the show. Uh, quite enough. I mean, again, the cast is great. It's, it's just really well made. Um, it's, you know, 50, 60 minute long episodes and I can watch them without falling asleep. And because the, the pace is done, it's, it, it's, it doesn't beat you over the head with exposition. You know, you just pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. the only thing that I would say confuses me about the show is that, um, sometimes I get lost in the historical context. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think when you're as young as we are and you're trying to watch something that took place before you were born, you, you really have to rely on the filmmaker's point of view for how you're supposed to interpret this event. Yeah. You know, like unless you lived through it and you remember how it was like, it's not until we start to see a lot of shows that deal with like nine 11 Mm-hmm. And and like you know specifically like grade school kids who saw it on television like we did mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we'll go okay well I remember and it wasn't ex- that wasn't exactly my experience but right now we right. don't have the benefit of having been alive during a lot of these events yeah um 
I wasn't, I didn't see the royal wedding of uh, uh, Prince Charles, Prince of Wales. Although you can watch the entire thing on YouTube, I found out. I'm um, sure you can. It sounds not boring as shit. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, where was I going with that point? I guess um, uh, I would say that that can be hard, but you would know that about yourself as a viewer more than I could possibly know it about you. Um, mm-hmm. You know if this is your genre or not. So uh, it's it's really well made, and I'm really pleased with the the, the constant quality of uh, of the crown. Um, the article I have about the next season with the casting. So the the, the person playing Elizabeth in the final two seasons is Amelda Staunton. Okay. Who people would know as Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is good casting. This is an article on cinema blend I have, and it's just six things that we know about the, about the Netflix series um, about season five and onward. So it's going to premiere in 2022. Um, I think they said they had, there were six days in uh, left on their shooting schedule for this season when mm. COVID hit. And mm. so, the, but you know, they were almost finished, but they just had to change that final week of, oh, okay, crap, that there's a nip to the tail end of them. Um, yeah, so I'm, yeah. of course, assuming, yeah, let's see, won't, uh, won't see the show's fifth season for two years, which is customary for the show, considering the habit of replacing the cast every two seasons. In July 2020, it was reported the Crown season five wouldn't return to Netflix until 2022. And based on the release dates, it probably won't be until late, like November or December. Um, uh, da, 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 da. it's supposed to get into production in June of 2021. We'll see about that. Um, yeah. so that could affect things a little bit. Um, so the new cast. So yeah, we've got Amelda Staunton for Queen Elizabeth. Um, who's okay? So we've got Elizabeth Debicki is going to be joining and playing Princess Diana. People remember her from. Uh, the Gardens of the Galaxy 2. I think, what was she just in that you liked, Dustin? God. Uh, uh, man, I can't remember what it was, but we were we were talking about it recently. Crap. I don't remember. Um, okay. Yeah, if you look it up, you'll you'll see it. But she was in The Great Gatsby. Um, she was just in Tenet. Um, but I like Elizabeth Debicki. And, um, you know, she the the, the the girl they cast to play Diana in this one looked a lot like her. Um, and I think Elizabeth Debicki is a good uh, choice to be playing an older Diana. They're jumping ahead. This this series ends in 1990, I think it is. And mm. Princess Diana died in 97. So I yep. think they're jumping ahead to 97. I think that the season is going to deal with, obviously it's going to deal with her Gotcha. Her death. So it's not a, as big of a time jump as the other seasons were, like, you know, a decade and a half or so, but it's still enough to where, okay, they're noticeably older, and that's just, sure. you know. So she's going to be Diana. We've got Dominic West playing Prince Charles. Uh, okay, that's cool. Um, here was a big one, though. Jonathan Price be playing Prince Philip. Um, Jonathan Price, of course, doing well right now. Um, he, he did, like, a season and a half of Game of Thrones as the High Sparrow, which was a really treated performance from him he just uh had a really great turn on the two popes um in that film with uh anthony hopkins mm-hmm. um the man who killed don quixote the the terry gilliam movie that finally got made <laughs> uh, after that cursed one they, they finally yep. it's you know it's funny about that the people who made lost in la mancha about you know about how that production just totally failed Mm. They now have made a production of a documentary about that film finally about getting that. made. Yeah, they got to, they got to make a follow up about it. Awesome. Um, so he's going to play the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, and he's a good choice. I love. He doesn't really look like him, but Jonathan Price is a tremendous actor. Um, mm. We've got Leslie Manville playing Princess Margaret. I don't know that much about her. Um, um, yeah, and, and the people who've been playing Princess Margaret have been killer. Um, so this. We've had Helen Bottom Carter for two seasons, and before that, we had two seasons of Vanessa Kirby, and that was yeah. also really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was going to be done after season five, but now it's done after season six. So um, the rest of it's just speculation about when will it pick up. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, good show. The Crown is strong uh, as always, and um, and oh, oh my God, I didn't even mention Gillian Anderson playing mm. Margaret Thatcher. Gillian Anderson, who I have since learned is like American and English 
dialect mm. uh, bi dialectical or something. I think it's called where she huh. is American, but she grew up overseas and she moved to like Illinois and then like lives overseas. And um, she's one of those people whose accent will change based on who she's talking to. She's gotcha. doing an interview with Netflix UK about this show. And then we watched another one with Jimmy Kimmel where she sounds way more American. Um, sure. It's just, she's one of those people who slow ramps up to her role and slow ramps yeah, down yeah. and yeah. kind of, so she's tremendous as Margaret Thatcher. Um, I think that, I think Diana, I think uh, the girl, God, I, I don't have her name in front of me. I'm, I suck. But um, <laughs> Jillian Anderson of, of, of the X-Files um Really, really good as Margaret Thatcher, uh, and of course the cast is just always great. So that's the Crown. Um, if you've uh, been looking for an excuse to check it out, check it out. Sweet. You got time, and it's it's worth it uh, for yeah. sure. So nice. Um, geez, I just talked a lot. Do you want to go ahead and hit the break, and then we'll talk about some movies? Yeah, let's do. Do you want to do anything before we do the break? No, I'm good. No, let's, okay. let's break it up. We'll break it up. Break me off a piece of that yeah. ad content. Yeah. Of course, if you're listening on um, on um, any of the regular podcast platforms or watching the first half of the show on YouTube, uh, there are commercial-free versions of the show and full video versions of the show over on the Patreon page, which is obviously patreon.com slash hoopercast. You could have messily Googled our show and the word Patreon, and you would still find it. So I feel strange giving Sweet. you an exact URL because... The internet makes it real easy to find find things, yes. especially if your name is super unique like ours. So right. um, patreon.com slash hoopercast is where you find us. We've got a couple of um, of of participation tiers there for your uh, your viewing and your viewing and paying pleasure. Yes. Um, so go check those out. In the meantime, though, we're gonna hit the break, regardless. And when we get yes. back, we're gonna talk about a couple of Movies. I want to hear about the murder on the Orient Express, and Sweet. I want to tell people about the impossible, which I okay. just saw for the second time again. Sweet. Again, which was my second time. Gotcha. Back in a minute, Hoopercast Movie Hour. back uh so cool if you're listening to this half of the show congratulations you're not just on youtube so good on yeah. you yeah um okay which means you've contributed to the show in some yes. way <laughs> yes we appreciate your listenership um all right uh dustin i found this is not quite related but i have to tell you this okay i found a gray hair in my beard uh oh. And my wife was looking at it, and like, you know, peeking through the brush, looking at it. And she was yeah, like, yeah. that's like a split hair. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, big deal. She goes, no, it's like split five or so times. Oh. May I study this? <laughs> <laughs> so she comes back with a pair of tweezers. Yeah. Yanks this, like, thick root out of my face. Yeah. Immediately drops it. This <laughs> is like before the show. Of course, we're in the bathroom, yeah. and she was like, "Oh, oh, where'd it go?" And I was like, <laughs> "Smooth, smooth <luck>. professor." <laughs> and uh, so she's looking on like our you know light tan tile, trying to find this clump of white hairs that are spindled together. Yeah, and uh, she's checking me like, "Don't move!" And like checking my arms and stuff. Like you might have leaned on it. I'm like, all right, whatever. Good luck looking for this hair. She comes out like yeah, a yeah. minute later, goes, I found it. And she's got it. She's got it in between these tweezers. So I, I have like these, I have this pair of tweezers here. That's like, that has like a little uh, magnifying glass on it. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I, you know, get, bleak, Let's get got, some use out get of the this. things out and I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, it's like a thick gray fiber, white mm -hmm. fiber or whatever. And it's just, okay. it really is like one thick hair that just like, <laughs> just split off and yeah. kind of like twisted around wow. and, and, and still hurts where she pulled it out and I was like whoa that's that's wild 
and then she dropped it again in the kitchen. She's like, what do we do? Like, do we do we throw it away? Do you want to keep it? I'm like, why would I keep it? Right. Oh, I'm some <laughs> sick weirdo who keeps his gray hairs. I was like, throw it away. So she's walking the trash can, falls out of the thing again. She's like, oh, I dropped it again. I was like, you're never going to find it. He goes, oh, I found it. Here it is. And it's, it's so it's so big that it can cast a visible shadow. <laughs> It can be found with the naked wow. eye. I know it's crazy. So That's I'm not awesome. sure what's going on with that, but uh, I've uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna be growing rope out of my face. I was gonna say maybe soon. you're turning into spider, and that was just web. <laughs> that was webbing. <laughs> and then she sent me this picture from from this story from like Meet uh, Charlotte, this big uh, um, huntsman spider that found a home. And she shows me a picture, oh. and it's it's huge. It's like no one, you know, unless you're watching the video, you can't see this, but like. You know, about the width of those headphones over there on my piano. Oh, God. And, you know, and, and it's just on the wall. And she's like, guess where this is? And I was like. Australia. Australia. <laughs> and she was like, that's exactly right. I was like, it's always Australia. It's always Australia. If it's, if look it's, at this gigantic animal. Where this, does it habitate? Look at this huge insect. Yes. Uh, where is this? Oh, it's. Has to be Australia. That a horrible place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that place that everyone wants to go until they find out what's there. It's like Australia. I had a friend, I had a coworker who honeymooned there. Mm. And I was like, how was it, dude? And he was like, it was great. You know, like outdoor and yeah. everything. And I kept thinking like, see, that sounds cool. But then like you look at like, you know, regular rural or you know, urban Australia or whatever. And I'm just seeing yep. videos of like huge spiders, like, you know, crawling out of steering columns, <laughs> like, yep. nope. you know, anacondas and, yep. you know, centipedes that are like the size of a hot dog. <laughs> That's a big no for me. Big no for me. Absolutely not. The more legs it has, the more death it deserves. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, speaking of death, Dustin, Ooh, nice deserved segue. or undeserved, I yes. would like you to tell me about the murder on the Orient Express. A passenger has died. So they got him after all. You assume he was killed? No, 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 not. Well, he was in perfectly good health. He, he had his enemies. Indeed, he was murdered. God, murder here. God rest his soul. Someone was rummaging around my cabin in the middle of the night. No one would listen to me. If there was a murder, what is going on? Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, this this is actually from 2017, so it's a few years old. Yeah. I always intended to see it when it came out. Just never got around to it. Um, pretty low on the totem pole of I need to see this. But... The thing is, like, so it's based on um, an Agatha Christie novel, which um, I love Agatha Christie. I think, you know, uh, Perot is a great detective. And and um, and I really like I said, I wanted to see this and I'd seen the original and the original is great. Um, what year so, was the original made? Oh, you had to put me on the spot. Oh, uh, I can't remember, but it does star <laughs> Sean Connery. I recently say, departed I, Sean Connery. I thought it would be I thought it was maybe in the 60s sometime in the 60s. It is, hold up, 1974. Oh. Yep, 1974. Um, and uh, so this one's 2017, and this one famously stars a whole bevy of, of, of A-listers. Big name A-listers, yeah. So you have, first of all, Kenneth Branagh plays Perot. Um, mm-hmm. He also directed this film, um, and um, so he... Gave himself the meatiest role, um, <laughs> as you do. Um, it also stars Daisy Ridley, Leslie Odom Jr. It stars um, Michelle Pfeiffer mm-hmm. and Johnny Depp and Josh Gad, and the list goes on. So uh, I, I'm, I know I'm forgetting about Can 500 big names. One thing. Yes. I, I, Josh Gad does not seem like he belongs in this film. Oh, no, absolutely. He does okay, not. just want to make sure. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. No, you, you can't have Johnny Depp and Willem Dafoe in a movie and then just, oh, and Josh Gad. Josh like, remember that guy that played LaFou? He's in this too. <laughs> you think, like, you can't picture, like, Josh Gad and Willem Dafoe, like, chatting on set about, like, you know, the NFL or something. Yeah, what do you do? What do you I talk to Josh my, Gad about? I lost my draft, my pick, my brackets all. It's, it's in tatters. <laughs> oh, is, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I like Donovan McNabb. 
I don't think I, he's in the. I think that was years ago. I, don't, I think he's been retired for like fifteen years. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that that's about how much Josh Gad probably knows about. Football. I just remember a chunky soup commercial with his mom. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so in the film, um, Kenneth Branagh plays Hercule Poirot. He's a detective, and he stumbles upon a. Uh, a mystery. The mystery being, they are all these all these people are on a train, and uh, there's a murder that happens. The question is, who committed the murder? They mm-hmm. obviously are still on the train. So Perot begins to systematically interview and try to figure out who committed this horrible crime, all while not also tipping that person off and getting them to flee or whatever. Yeah. Or more importantly, kill again. Kill more people. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so so here's the thing. Murder on the Orient Express is a detective story that is good, not great. And and this film does not improve the story overall. It is just as good as this story could be. Um but like also knocked down a couple tiers because some of the actors are out of place and some of the um, some of the meat, I feel like, is taken out because so here's the thing. I mentioned Kenneth Branagh gave himself the meatiest part by that. I mostly just mean the part with the most screen time, because the problem here is we never really get to know Hercule Poirot on a on a deep level. He's our detective. He's our protagonist. So we root for him and we side with him and we want him to succeed. But who is he and what makes him tick? And you know, what's his story and where does he come from? And all of these things, we don't really know. The thing is you don't have to, right? Like there, there's obviously a few schools of thought here. Like how much do you need to know about your protagonist? Well, you need to know enough to root for them, but you don't need to know so much superfluous information that you could like write a paper on them like their biography you just need to be able to root for them maybe um i i err on the on the side that i want to know a little more about my protagonist now the antagonist that's a different story but the protagonist i feel like i want to know them inside and out and what makes them tick and why do they do what they do and what drives them and I need to know that beyond just what is their goal, um, because a lot of characters have goals yeah. and a lot of times the goals can be great. But until I feel like I really know them or are, you know, invested in them as a character, you know, I, I feel like there's just this this automatic disconnect. And so this is why I like Sherlock Holmes. Um, and particularly, we, we talked about this recently when we reviewed Enola Holmes, that the BBC Sherlock is so good. Why? Partially because it does go back to Conan Doyle's original stories and, and really draws a great three-dimensional character of who Sherlock Holmes is, but also because um, we get to know enough about his his background and enough about what drives him to be the best and do these things um, that that you really begin to feel for him beyond just I want to solve this mystery so that it, the murderer doesn't kill again, right? Like I can instantly graft onto that, but unless I really know you and know what's at stake for you personally there's a disconnect. And I think that's the, that's the problem. And I have not read the original Agatha Christie novel. So I don't know if this story, if that problem exists in the original story, but I do know that, um, it is this way in the 1974 film as well. I feel like Hercule Poirot is a little bit of, uh, I'm just detached from him because I feel like he doesn't, he does, I don't have enough information to know why he does what he does. And of course I root for him, but I don't know him. And I, and I think that that's a fundamental flaw of uh, these two adaptations. Again, maybe it's that way in the book. Maybe it's not. Um, but then, like I said, the mystery itself, it's okay. It's good, not great. And so um, starting here is weird because there's a few... Perot novels. Um, in fact, there's a sequel to this that Kenneth Branagh directed that's coming out or was supposed to come out in December of this year. Whoa. It has been postponed um, and it's called Death on the Nile. Oh, um, right. Has Gal Gadot and I don't, I, a few other people. I don't know. John C. Riley, maybe. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, I, I have what to look that up now because- casting? 
because I don't I don't think it's John C. Riley. Now that I think about it, so I feel it, bad for that guy because that guy was in like wasn't he like gangs in New York? Like that guy, yeah, that guy's in like has serious roles, but his his comedy career and just the silly nature of the sound of his voice it just makes it so hard to like yeah to latch man. on uh so okay it is not it is not him um it <sighs> is it, it was uh, russell brand that's who i'm thinking of somebody equally well not equally i'll just say more irrelevant than john c Riley. um <laughs> Um, but it also has, uh, so Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, uh-huh. Kenneth Branagh, of course, Letitia Wright. Okay. Um, anyway, I mean, it's got, it's got That's a decent a cast. cast. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so the, the thing is like, I, I want to see that because I am a sucker for detective stories. Like I love a good whodunit. That's why I really wanted to see Knives Out. Not a big fan of Ryan Johnson anymore, but I wanted to see Knives Out because I like a good whodunit. So I want to see Death on the Nile, but the problem remains, like, I don't have that much interest in seeing another Perot story because I don't know Hercule Perot. I don't I don't feel like I know him enough to be excited to spend another two hours with him. And and I again, I think that's the fundamental flaw here. So um, the actors, they all do a fine job. And, and of course, uh, you know, some are better than others, um, but they, they do fine with what they're given. The problem is none of them are really given much. It's almost like a, the way I would describe the structure of this thing very quickly is that you have the mystery that they set up. And then, and then, like I said, Perot has to interview everybody. So everybody gets like a scene with Perot where they get to talk about like, well, I'm originally from New York and blah, blah, blah. And they, and they get to t- tell, like, he's like, why are you on this train? And they're like, well, I'm trying to go over here. That's and, probably everybody's and, audition page. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it, that's exactly what it is. It's yeah. like everything you need Here's to know about a character, character in a, yeah. in, in a paragraph. And, and so they all get this juicy little monologue and they get to, they get to be, you know, opposite Kenneth Branagh, which yeah. I'm sure is an honor and yeah. great. Yeah. And, um, so the, the structure of it's a little frustrating because it becomes repetitive. And, and again, those actors, some are better than others. So you get like these, scenes where oh i'm in, i'm instantly engaged with this character because of this actor right willem dafoe or michelle pfeiffer but i'm not as interested in josh gad right just to pick on josh gad some more um <laughs> or I, i'll even say the same about daisy ridley i'm not as interested in you yeah um, immediately you're gonna have to act harder to sell me yeah. and and so that's the that's the i guess the the flaw in the structure of the film is it becomes repetitive and it becomes like actory. It's like, <laughs> it's very much like, okay, now's the time for you to take the stage. Right. And so, you know, you just imagine like in a, in a play, they're going to come down to the lip of the stage and they're yeah, going to deliver the this, yeah. this thing. Yeah. The lights hit them and Perot's in the background while they talk <laughs> and like, good, rub my chin too. <laughs> yeah, rub, rub the chin or, he, you know, he's got that great handlebar mustache. He's just like, Mm, yes. And, and like, so that would be like, that's how it just feels like a stage play. Yeah. And, and there's nothing here that, that feels enough like, oh, this is a movie that it needs to be a movie. Um, and right. so anyway, all that said, um, it's not a bad way to spend a couple of hours. Um, but there's plenty that, that you could see that would be better it'd be a better a better a better use of your time because again this isn't going to kill you it doesn't make you mad but it it's also like you're not going to at the end be like man i need to see that again to pick up on the clues oh yeah and you're also not going which which is what a mystery needs to do yeah. i need to reread that so i can see oh man i missed that and like this doesn't have those moments yeah and then at the same time um it's it's not like it's not fun enough to watch that you're like I have to have that on DVD so that I can watch it every day like or you know whatever and like you you don't have that feeling so you know all in all like I those Sherlock the 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 BBC Sherlock I've rewatched those episodes multiple times yeah because they're fun to watch oh, regardless man. of how well structured the mystery is some are better than others 
but they're fun to watch always. And and so here with a mystery that's a little bit lackluster, you need that sense of like fun. Yeah. And and they just don't capture it. So um so yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm going to give this 2 stars. And it's but again, it's not because it it's going to it doesn't make you mad. It doesn't right. like ruin your evening, but there's just a lot out there that it's a better use of your time. Well, it's just it sounds like wasted potential. I mean, you've got Kenneth Branagh and you've got this great genre and this yeah. really solid source material and yeah. all these great actors and it sounds like it's not it's it's not greater than the sum of its parts yeah and and let me let me go ahead and throw this in there too this is not a spoiler um but it's something that the trailer doesn't let on and i feel like i feel like somebody needs to tell you about this (laughs) yeah johnny depp's the one that gets murdered so he's only in about five minutes of this Uh, movie really yes (laughs) that's why i hardly brought him up in there in the review because he's hardly in this movie is the murderer schmamber (laughs) schmurd yes i needed to make sure (laughs) to get sued there (laughs) yeah (laughs) the the murderer's last name is warner this podcast Um, this podcast is is not an llc yet (laughs) (laughs) right right But yeah, man. So, um, so yeah, that's the, that, that's basically murder on the Orient Express. And if you're like me and you really like a mystery, there's plenty out there to watch that's better than this. Um, but if you like, if you're like me and you like a mystery, you're also going to be like, okay, fine. Didn't ruin my evening. You know, the only thing, uh, that's bigger than Kenneth Branagh's mustache is that Huntsman spider. (laughs) I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We had to come back to that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, Okay. All right. Well, all right. So we got some time. I want to talk to you yeah. um, about a movie that I watched for the second time. I was watching this with my wife. I thought she would enjoy it. And uh, it is uh, 2012's The Impossible. Boys, come and see this. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah, we can go swimming. Yeah. Directed by J.A. Bayona, um, it is. It, it, it calls it a, a an English speaking Spanish film. Um, okay. In the in the yeah Spanish disaster drama film. Uh, so the production, I guess, was yeah Apache's Entertainment, Telecinco Cinema, and I think it must have been bought by Summit and Warner Brothers. Uh, I'm actually curious about that. Sorry, I, I now now I really care. I want, yeah, release the film. <laughs> distribution rights were pre-bought by Summit. Uh, was this at a festival? I, it must have been. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't care about that until I, I double thought about that, and I was like, oh, you know, it's hmm. kind of cool. Um, anyways, so um, it is. It's that film about the 2004 tsunami in Thailand um, that stars Naomi Watts. Ewan McGregor um, and a young Tom Holland is in this film, yes. so that's weird. Um, yeah, and I, I double checked. I, I, I we didn't talk about this on the show, even though I'd seen it and I saw it like recently, like within the last year or so. Mm. Um, so we watched it again, and and I still love it. Uh, it's mm. four star film for me as well. Um, Sweet. So if, if people weren't old enough to be like you know watching the news or something or at the time. Um, this was on December 26th, uh, 2004, um, this big tsunami hit Thailand, um, and, um, it it was devastating. Um, there's video of it out there you can look at and, um, yeah, it was, let's see, where exactly were they? They were in, well, they were in, uh, oh, geez. Uh, the the film takes place in a specific part of Thailand, but uh, it it it, it, de- it uh, big area um, affected by this. Yeah, the Burma plate and the Indian plate. It was a it was a mega undersea mega thrust earthquake, which is bas- basically when the plates tsunamis can be caused by any any um, any number of things, a volcanic explosion. This was a mega thrust earthquake where 
Um, the plates, you know, are shoving against each other and then mm. it just slips and shoves the other one up. And what a tsunami yeah. is, is that's a lot of water that yep. is suddenly displaced. Cause displaced. I, it, it's, it's not silly to, 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 to not know how does a tsunami even, how, like what, how does a tsunami even happen? It's like yeah. a gigantic piece of the planet moves yep. upward yep. a mile in like an instant or whatever it yeah. is, like even a thousand feet. I don't know. Lots of water goes up and then mm. it has to go that way. And it goes that way until it hits land. And then it kills yep. lots of people and floods and devastates. Go on YouTube. There are plenty of footage of like of, of, of Asian countries and Indian countries being hit by tsunamis. It's scary. Mm. Um, yeah. It's mesmerizing to look at. I, I've, I've watched several of them. I mean, it's 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 crazy in like this macabre way. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this this actually happens out there. Yeah. Um, it's anyway. So there's a lot of that sort of spectacle in the film. I mean, you see the wave hit, and it's a very well done, horrific portrayal of what it would mm. be like. You know, I mean, it, they, they don't shy away. Like you, you've got. Undersea debris. You've got you've got horrible puncture wounds and yeah. gaping uh, flesh wounds in the main characters, and mm. you know infections and you know dead bodies yeah. just floating everywhere, dead animals. Um, yeah, uh, it's horrible. Um, mm. Let's see what they say here. They said they used the tsunami was recreated with a mixture of digital effects and real water surges filmed in slow motion, created in a water tank in Spain using miniatures that were destroyed by a huge wave. Uh, mm. Bayona committed to working with real water rather than computer generated wave because he wanted the story to be authentic. The wave, the, the water looks great. Um, mm. This meant Watts and Holland spent five weeks filming physically and psychologically demanding scenes in a massive water tank. Holland, aged 14 at the time of filming, later described it as a scary environment. You can imagine how tiring and brutal... Oh, hi, buddy. I, I, I need your help. With what? Say to him. What? By, by my face. Oh, buddy. All right. Uh, can can you try to go back to sleep? I'll stop there in a minute, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye. Go back to sleep quiet, okay? It's not like your brother. Scared the, the Jesus out of me. I did not know he was right there. <laughs> I, I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but uh, I thought uh, it was more funny to let it play out. That's okay. Speaking of, sp- the, my son's wearing Spider-Man pajamas. I'm talking about Tom Holland, um, yeah. who is now Spider-Man. Um, yeah, he says you can imagine how tiring and brutal that was. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's the the cast is great. Ewan McGregor is great in this film. Naomi Watts was this was her second. Academy Award nomination was for this film. Mm. She's tremendous in it. Um, uh, Tom Holland is great. The little, the other two kids who play the, 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 the other two little boys who play the other siblings are great. Um, and there's a whole host of like day players in here that are also, that are also great. Um, mm. This film thrives on not only showing you this horrible disaster, um, but instead of, you know, fixating on, how this disaster ruins some white people's vacation. Yeah. It, it focuses on the community of Thailand. Um, mm. uh, there's a couple of scenes that really show like how the locals really came in and, and helped. And um, um, and say, well, not, I want to say saved everybody, but, but they're probably, what am I trying to say? The priority was helping the tourists. Um, it mm. was, it, it's, it's down here somewhere in the critical response. Cause there was some, there was some, some criticism of the film that it was whitewashed because the, the, mm. the, the woman who, who's, who's this story is based on, um, Maria Bellone is Spanish and her family is mm. Spanish. Her husband's name is Enrique. And sure. uh, I don't know if Hugh McGregor's name is ever actually said in the film. They might have changed it to something <laughs> else, but they changed the last name to Bennett in, in here. Mm. It's still Maria, but it's Maria Bennett because Naomi Watts is playing her. Here's yep. the thing, though. Maria Ballone, is, is she has a story by credit here because it's she, mm. she worked with the screenwriter Sergio G. Sanchez to make sure that this was portrayed the way that it happened to her. Mm-hmm. She picked Naomi Watts to, mm. to, be, to play her. 
because mm. she loved 21 Grams so much. She said she's her favorite mm. actress. I want Naomi Watts to play me. And and so she signed off on the quote-unquote yeah. whitewashing of this. She's, her, sure. her contention was basically like, it's not really important what nationality this main character is because it's not about this one family. It, I mean, it's, it's starring this one family, but there's a whole lot of focus given to the totality of this entire area being affected mm. by this people from uh, tourists from other countries, you know, other kids, other families, the local population, people who lost their livelihoods. Um, yeah. um, uh, what is the, yeah, but the response from the victims. So Simon Jenkins, who was a British survivor, uh, was telling the guardian that he thought it was incredibly accurate, beautifully accurate to his experience. Um, he said, had this film been purely about the tale of a Western middle-class family's ruined holiday, I would have agreed with the backlash. For me, it was the exact opposite. Uh, rather than concentrating on the privileged white visitors, the film portrayed the profound sense of community and unity that I experienced in Thailand with this family at the center of it. Um, it was the Thai people who waded through the settled water after the first wave had struck to help individuals and families. The Thai people had just lost everything, homes, businesses, families, yet their instinct was to help the tourists. And that's, that's, mm. that's showcased. And that's one of the, the, not only the performances and the, Oh, will I ever see, you know, they, they get, they get split up. The, the cast spends most of the film apart. They don't know sure. if they're all dead, who's alive or whatever. There's just the groups that are there and they don't know what's happening with the other groups. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty about, you know, certain characters maybe or maybe not surviving the film. And, mm -hmm. you know, so of course those are heart wrenching scenes, but you have like the first scene that makes me like that made that like moved me to tears was like this village, you know, helps Naomi Watts, pretty much gets her, gets her stabilized while this truck comes to take her to a hospital. And they mm -hmm. literally like give her the shirt off their, give her the shirt off their backs. And I'm just sitting there like, go, you know, <laughs> uh, what's up? Buddy? Yeah. Where's your water bottle? The water bottle. Water got lost. Okay, here. It's probably behind your pillow, but why don't you take this? Hold on. Take that, okay? All right. Um, yeah, there and there's a, there's a few scenes like that in there where it's just people helping people, and it's just a really, really, really uh, emotional, well done uh, movie. And I mean, again, like it's not. I mean, the big spectacle is this horrible disaster, but it's done really well. It's 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 scary. It's appropriately scary, but it's not mm -hmm. like sensationalized. Um, yeah. And these actors are putting it all out there, and it's really great. Uh, mm. So this is on Netflix. You can okay. watch it right now. And uh, man, I, I do recommend it. I think it's a four star film for sure. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Um, we got some time. Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, one of your other movies? Sure. Uh, you have a have an opinion? Uh, what was the standing up, falling down? Sure. Yeah, let's do that one. Hey, sweetie, I'm sorry, LA didn't work out. Your father and I can't wait to have you home. I'm pretty sure you once said you were never coming back. I'm not back here. I mean, I'm obviously back here, but I'm not back. You having a stroke? So for four years, you hated it. Things got harder and harder, and I got poorer and poorer. You broke too? No, I just thought it'd be really fun to move back in with Gary and Janine. Mom, for real? I'm sorry, honey. I thought maybe something was wrong. No, why would you think that? I just feel like I would have my life figured out. I saw, uh, saw Billy sorry. Crystal was in this movie. Yes. Is he the standing up person or the falling down person? Ah, you'll have to watch and see. Um, hey, um, so Standing Up, Falling Down is a film that was released in 2019, um, although I think it kind of hit wide or wider in 2020, um, but at the beginning of 2020, pre-COVID, um, because I think this hit around the same time that Ben Schwartz was in Sonic the Hedgehog, and so it was like he had two things going at, at the same time. Um, so the film stars Ben Schwartz and Billy Crystal and a bunch of other people, but they're the only two that really matter. Um, they are – it is essentially a dual protagonist film, um, although really I guess Ben Schwartz is the main. Um, so Ben Schwartz plays – a, an out of work stand up comic who had moved out to Los Angeles and failed and is now moving back home um, to live with his parents and hopefully find a job and do something back home. 
And what he ends up doing is uh, going to the dentist. And his dentist, played by Billy Crystal, is a strange, quirky man that uh, he begins a friendship with. And so Billy Crystal is a widower who is... um, sort of separated from his uh, his son because of his past behavior, Billy Crystal's past behavior. Um, and so he is attempting to reconcile with his son, all the while kind of forging this new father-son-ish relationship with Ben Schwartz, um, who is in desperate need of kind of a father figure. And so um, so that's sort of the, the basic premise here. Um, the film, there's not a whole lot to say about this film, but, but I'm going to give it three stars. Um, again, it's not a great film, um, but it's, it's far from being a bad film. It's fine. And and I think it's a good way to spend uh, a couple of hours, but or an hour and a half. But it's um, you know, it, it's ultimately kind of a um, kind of forgettable, maybe. Um, but Ben Schwartz does really well in the role. He is likable and charming, and uh, and I really like Ben Schwartz. I, I've liked him since he was on Parks and Rec, and he played a character named John Ralphio, and. Um, He's eccentric and weird and whatnot on that show. And so I just kind of like love watching Ben Schwartz be crazy. And if you've ever seen his uh, improv show, which is on Netflix as well, Middleditch and Schwartz, it's him and Thomas Middleditch. um, And they go to a place and they just take a cue from the audience like, somebody give me a, a profession, you know, and like, where are you going? And like that sort of thing. And then they create this like hour long sketch comedy that's all improv from uh, a few prompts from the audience. And um, and it's really great. And it showcases his and their um, improv ability here. Uh, that's not really on display. Um, this feels very much like it is oh. a script uh, that yeah. was given to him. And, and that's fine. Um, I'm sure Parks and Rec was that way, too. Um, but I also think that there there's some um, something to be said for giving a great improv performer freedom on a set to do and say whatever comes to their mind. Maybe they did. Maybe they just didn't use those takes. Um, or maybe they did and it just blends so well I couldn't tell. But um, but you're not going to really get that itch scratched if you're if you're really looking for Ben Schwartz's like improv ability. Um, Billy Crystal, always great, always charming. Um, plays a very different role in this film. He's kind of a... Um, I'm an alcoholic, and uh, like I said, he's had some trouble in the past. Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal. There you go. That's not bad. And uh, (laughs) maybe I should be standing up. There you go. You should be standing up, and I'll be falling falling to hell. And so, Billy Crystal. it's just a different role for him. You know, we're used to kind of seeing him as like this likable, you know, goofy guy kind of guy. And this, this he's, he's a little harder to like maybe, but still not dislike. like you would, you wouldn't dislike him. He, he's just, you know, rough around the edges in this. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of an interesting career move for him. Now I heard him talk about this. Um, Billy Crystal was offered this film and he picked Ben Schwartz. He was like, I'll only do it if Ben will do it with me. Um, They never met, never worked together. He just admired Ben's abilities. And so they offered it to him. And I'm I'm sure Ben Schwartz is like, I get to work with who? Okay, yeah, sure. And so, um, so it is, like I said, it's really their story. And and it's in a weird way a coming of age story for a guy in his thirties and a guy that is in his what's Billy Crystal now sixties seventies yeah he's got to be seventy seventies yeah um so so it's like a coming of age story for these two guys and um and it's a buddy movie and it's it's it is fun um, but ultimately like I said it's a little bit forgettable um, I think it would have benefited from a a different tone the tone they struck here um is something that was a little bit um it's dramatic and it's um 
and it's played straight for the most part, you know, like there, there's some romantic beats here and, and that sort of thing. I think it would have been better served as something a little more irreverent and something a little more playful. Um, because I think you have, you have these two actors who are more than capable of being playful and, and making it, uh, like a tongue in cheek drama rather than just a straight drama. And, uh, and so I would have liked to have seen that. Um, but again, you know, I, I think the fact that it's played straight mostly and that, uh, and that they don't really get to showcase their unique abilities, like the reason you would cast Billy Crystal or the reason you would cast Ben Schwartz, um, those aren't really on display here. So, um, so standing up, falling down, um, as far as I know, it's not streaming anywhere. Um, but you know, if you find it at a red box or something, you have a free rental or, or something and you're, you're a fan of either one of those two guys, I'd say check it out. Otherwise, it is probably a skip it. You know, it's it's three stars. It's fine. There's better ways to spend your time. And and unlike something like Murder on the Orient Express, where I would say like, oh, if you really like whodunit, like you'll get something out of it like right. this. Unless you're a big Billy Crystal or Ben Schwartz fan, you're probably not going to get anything out of this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, three stars. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of. I, I, I think Billy Crystal's entertaining. I just don't know how, how into him I am as like a, just as like a draw to watch a movie. But yeah. That's probably before my time. Like City Slickers. Like people like love City Slickers, but it's like yeah, yeah. It's just before my time, I guess. Sure. Yeah. You know. and, and and that makes sense. I mean, it, to be honest, like when you think when I think about Billy Crystal, the thing I think about is like Oscar host. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, not leading man of a comedy film. Yeah. I, um, I think of although he is that tremendous showman, you know, yes. or like Miracle Max and the Princess Bride. But I don't, yeah, think, yeah. you know, or obviously like Mike Wazowski, if you've. You know, sure. if you love the Pixar movies, but like, yeah, I'm with you. Like the first thing I think of is him in a tuxedo. Yeah. yeah. Like to like try yeah. and desperately to, to keep the Oscars relevant. <laughs> right. Exactly. And being paid handsomely for it. I imagine very handsomely. Um, I'm happy yeah, to take he, your money. He, <laughs> sure. Why not? Yay. Yeah. He, he's a little bit of like a character actor, right? Like, yeah. like you, you would put him in a supporting role, yeah. but I don't know that, I, like I can't think of anything recent where he's played a lead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Like Miracle Max, right? Like he's just a supporting role. He's yeah. there. He chews the scenery for a scene, and yeah. he's done. And and it's and it's fantastic, and it works well, and it's super memorable. Um, and I think those are the roles that are best suited to him and to his talents. Um, and that's not to to you know like poo poo on his talents but um you know because there's something like when harry met sally which is fantastic yeah um where he's a lead um so so he certainly has it in him he just needs the right material and uh and, and it's been a long time yeah yeah um all right i think we're gonna put this one to bed mm -hmm. speaking of going to bed my children appear to be out of bed <laughs> so i need to go I'll wrangle them up see to that uh Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So yeah, next week, uh, it's pretty soon here. Uh, geez. I mean, it's, 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 it's basically December now and, uh, we're going to be having pretty soon. What, uh, the Mandalorian is going to be finished in a couple weeks. Yep. And then we've probably got WandaVision somewhere in here. Yeah. And uh, some movies also dropping on, on streaming platforms that we'll be able to see. So this is about to be um, an interesting few weeks on the on the show. Yeah, I'd uh, say sure. you guys can definitely look forward to Wonder Woman yes. review. You can look forward Soul. to Soul. Yep. Um and 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 yeah, we should talk about Mandalorian when we're when it all wraps up. Yeah. So there there's some big stuff coming up. We finally caught up on the Mandalorian. We put it on hold to watch the crown and so then yeah. we caught up on it Sunday night, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was I, I caught up on it yesterday. Oh, so, yeah? yeah. Okay, so we're on the same plate. Okay, cool. Oh, wait, that was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday yeah. night was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. My um, days are all Sunday. Whatever. Sunday night's a lot sooner if you are a Patreon listener. It's <laughs> hearing, true. Hearing the show uh, commercial-free um, earlier than the other people on the uh, on the regular podcast platforms with the commercials. So um, yep. 
You can go over to patreon.com slash supercast, look at that $3 a month price tier, which is super cheap, super reasonable, we think, if you want to mm-hmm. support the show and listen to less advertising in general for it as well. And yeah. you get that exclusive RSS feed. I, 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 today I went and followed another channel on Patreon and it was like, here's that sweet RSS feed. Here you go, buddy. And I was like, oh, I clicked on oh, it. Sweet. And, uh, and yeah. you know what? Actually, they, they did a thing which I was like, I wonder if other, because I, I thought we should do this and we haven't done it yet. I was like, I wonder if they did this thing. What they did was you open that feed and it's that logo, but it says mm. Patreon on it. And I was like, oh, oh exclusive. There you go. So uh, look forward to a very soon to a Hoopercast logo with uh, Patreon written on it for only the people who subscribe to the secret exclusive RSS feed that Patreon gives you when you subscribe to that price tier, which for yes. us is $3 a month. So. Okie dokie. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for um, choosing to listen to the show. And definitely thanks if you are supporting the show in any of those ways in general. We will see you next week uh, talking about more movies and uh, gray hairs in my beard. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you've pulled one and it's just going to be like... All like yeah. the whole side of your face is gonna be gray. Yeah, it did, like like the Santa Claus, like I shave yes. it, and, like just <laughs> <laughs> like cauliflower. Yeah, <laughs> just a, a cauliflower stump. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, <laughs> we'll see. You should you should definitely tune in and see if that's the case. Yes, to the video uh, tier. <laughs> All right. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night.